0: everybody. It's Drags, and it's Wednesday, September 11th. Time for Episode 315 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com. And as always, follow us on Twitter, at PatriotsCLNS. This week, I welcome back Mark Schofield to the pod. Mark does a great job for Pat's Pulpit and has a terrific Patriots and football pod of his own, one of several, I should add, uh, called the Sco Show pod on patspulpit.com. Follow Great football analysis as well on Twitter, at Mark Schofield, all one word, M-A-R-K-S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. How you doing, Mark?
1: I'm doing well, Traggs. It's, it's great to be with you. It's always great when we get a chance to talk, but even better when we get a chance to talk after a nice opening night win for the New England Patriots.
0: Boy, you ain't kidding. Before we get to the Antonio Brown craziness and what the Patriots uh, were able to do to the Steelers on Sunday night, that game in New Orleans Monday night was amazing. I cannot remember the last time I was entertained by an early season game by two quarterbacks like Breeze and Watson. Um, just a fabulous... Ending to a great game reminded me, Mark, and I think you might agree, of Mahomes-Brady last October at Gillette.
1: Yeah, that was a fantastic game. And that was one of those games where if you wanted to sort of introduce somebody to football – Like if you had somebody that said, look, I've never really gotten into the sport, tell me a game to watch. You put him in front of that game because to have it come down the way it did, to have Breeze and watch it, it was almost like one of the early Rockies where you've got two heavyweight fighters in the middle of the the ring just throwing haymakers at each other. That's kind of what it felt like and just a fantastic, fantastic game to watch. Unfortunately, the other Monday night game didn't quite live up to that, but – it was one of those games where, I mean, I, in the drop-off line at school this morning, I was, like, so excited to tell my son about the game because he didn't obviously That's start to hilarious. the That's hilarious. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I, I was going on for, all, like, 10, 15 minutes. I was showing him Watson's final drive on my phone while we were waiting for the doors to open. It was that kind of game.
0: The two dimes he dropped, uh, the one on the oh. sideline pattern, and then, of course, the uh, touchdown over the middle to Stills was just – really unbelievable incredible
1: and he took took a shot on both of those the second one he gets his helmet knocked off that's I mean he's just a fantastic fantastic young quarterback young quarterback to watch and I think if you're a Bears fan you might have been sick to your stomach watching that game because of what you saw your quarterback do on Thursday night but if you're not a Bears fan you were loving it
0: yeah well I mean we can go in a lot of different directions uh first of all Joe Flacco uh with Denver if you did stay up and watch that game Joe Flacco and um you know the Bears quarterback um
1: Trubisky yeah.
0: Yeah, Mitch Trubisky. Boy, two ugly openings for those
1: two quarterbacks. Two very ugly openings for those two quarterbacks and especially Trubisky. I mean I think some of us probably expected Flacco's time in Denver maybe to be a little bit of Rockies near the end of his career. We saw him get sort of pushed out by Lamar Jackson who also had a fantastic opener. But we all sort of – I think at least some of us, myself included, I put myself in this category – we're cautiously optimistic about Trubisky. Yeah, he's coming into year three, but it's year two in Matt Nagy's system. You know, he had some nice strides last year, got that team to the playoffs. then won the division. This was not the kind of season opener you'd want to see from your quarterback if you were a fan of any team, let alone a team that had the aspirations, I think, going into that game that the Bears organization and their fan base does. He struggled. He was slow with his decision making. When you see him run out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage when he's outside of the pocket, rather than just flipping the ball away, you have to sort of wonder about his thought process at the quarterback position. So it was a bad start for him, and as somebody that had to write about it, he had a bad start for my season in that sense.
0: And that's about pocket presence, right? And that's where, you know, you watch Tom Brady week after week, or you watch any of the elite quarterbacks. We mentioned Drew Brees and uh, Deshaun Watson. I think they certainly um, classify um, as elite quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes, obviously, but you, you take pocket presence for granted, I think, a lot.
1: I think that's exactly right, Traggs, because it's such a critical element to play in this position, that situational awareness of a sort where you know what you're supposed to do with the football and if you get a different look from the defense, it doesn't sort of give you vapor lock to steal a line from the Simpsons. You don't freeze. You don't just panic. You know what you're supposed to do and you get to your next read. With a guy like Trubisky, we saw it with him last year and again, you know, on Thursday night. It's that inability to sort of process and digest what the defense has shown them to work through the unexpected, you know, puzzles of the defense might put in front of him and make the right decision with the football. Patriots fans, we've seen Tom Brady for 20 years now making the right decisions no matter what the defense throws him. There's nothing that Tom Brady hasn't seen as a quarterback that will phase him at this point. But for Trubisky, you've been in the league now this is your third year. You should start to be figuring this stuff out. And when you're struggling to read, say for example, the near interception he threw where the Savage, the rookie free, rookie safety, jumped the curl route. Yes, It was an all curls concept. It was wasn't a complex coverage or route design. He just stared it down the entire way. And then, of course, the interception to end the game with the corner route where he looked at Allen Robinson the entire way. This sort of inability to use your eyes and move defenders with your eyes. It's something he needs to get better at. You'd expect him to be better at it by now. But fans of the elite quarterbacks, the Brady's, the Breeze, the Watson's, the Mahomes, they do that stuff on a down to down basis
0: speaking with Mark Schofield of patspulpit.com and host of the Scho Show pod on Pat's Pulpit. All right, everybody wants to talk Antonio Brown. But before we do that, uh, I want to ask you about how important it is for a guy like Tom Brady, as he showed last year with Josh Gordon in week number five against the Colts on Thursday night, how important it is for a guy like Brady to bring in, uh, Antonio Brown into the fold and make him feel comfortable. We've seen the social media posts uh, from Monday where he took a picture and is already talking with him. But how critical do you think that's going to be going forward?
1: It, it, I think it's vital to sort of making sure that this new sort of marriage between receiver and organization pans out the way Patriots fans hope it does. And if you think about, you know, over the course of this Brady-Belichick run, they've taken in, a lot of people made sort of the Randy Moss comparison or the Corey Dillon comparison about some other people that maybe have had some issues or even a Chad Ochocinco, even though that didn't work out on the field. Part of the reason that it's able to work out for some of these players at least You know, especially with Moss, is that trust in the quarterback. The quarterback is a leader. It's a guy that's going to be there down in and down out, a guy that's willing to get everybody into the fold. And let's face it, Tom Brady doesn't have a favorite receiver other than the open receiver. And so that's going to make guys want to work to get open because they know if they do their job, the ball is going to be on them when they come out of their break. And so if it's a Randy Moss coming into this organization or now Antonio Brown or last year with Josh Gordon, The idea that if you just do your job, the quarterback's going to get you the ball, that's nice to hear as a wide receiver. It's not like a situation where you might work to get open and the inexperienced quarterback doesn't get you the ball or maybe you've got some friction between yourself and say Ben Roethlisberger like we might have seen in years past with the A.B. and Ben, maybe he's not going to throw you the ball. And so that helps. And the other thing I think is very important to how this relationship could work out is just the institutional stability. It's not a situation where you've got a new ownership group or an experienced ownership group. Robert Kraft has been here for a long time. Same with Bill Belichick. When you've got owner, head coach, quarterback that have been here for a long time, that are established, that are strong voices but command respect – that's going to help because it's not a situation where there will be sort of dissent or different fractions within the locker room. This is one group of men pulling in the same direction, and I think that's going to also help A.B. get on board with this roster.
0: So i got two different questions here for you, Mark, on Antonio Brown. How big of an impact can he make, and how much will he actually be implemented in the offensive game plan by Josh McDaniels, especially early on?
1: Yeah, the, the the second question is the tougher one to figure out because I, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, covering the Patriots, the way that you do and how well you do it. Trying to get into the head of a Josh McDaniels or a Bill Belichick in terms of a game plan from week to week is almost impossible. Tough. It's almost impossible. I mean, look, I'm sure you get the same questions: Who should I start in fantasy or should I pick the Patriots this week or things like that? Most of the time, especially the fantasy questions, I just don't know because they will change so much from week to week. Some weeks Antonio Brown might be a huge part of what they do. But if they don't like the matchup or they like a different matchup the following week, he might be out there as more of a decoy than anything else. And so try to predict how productive he will be is a tough one. But how productive he can be is an easy prediction. He could be incredibly productive in this offense because if you look at – take, for example, a simple basic play that we saw three times – in a row in the Super Bowl, that Haas-wide juke with the hitch routes on the outside, the seam routes from the seam guys, the slot guys, and the juke route from Edelman. You can put him in and run the hitch. You can put him in and run the seam, and he could be dynamic on either of those routes for the New England Patriots, and that's just one of their plays. When you think about putting him maybe in the slot inside of a Josh Gordon, that's a dangerous combination if you're a defensive unreal. I I love that look. Or you're a free safety. Like, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, our teams going to play a lot of cover two with dedicated safety help over both sides of the field, perhaps? But if you're a cover two safety and you've got Antonio Brown in the slot and Josh Gordon outside, where are your eyes going to go? You're in trouble. You see those two guys who come running towards you. You know, which guy, which guy's route are you going to jump? And then, of course, if you do that, that gives you how many guys? What? six guys in the box now correct that nice, nice light box for the run game at sony right. michelle so the biggest beneficiary of all of this might actually be sony michelle because defense is going to want to play the pass they're going to want dedicated safety out of a lot lighter boxes we start might see michelle sony michelle get going on the ground so there's so much they can do with this offense now added antonio brown into the fold but the production and the numbers are hard to sort of guess at, but the potential is enormous
0: So I suggested this to Evan Lazar, who I know you respect a great deal, um, the Tampa 2. And like you said, if you do that, it could really open the run game. But if I'm a defensive coordinator going up against the Patriots, my preference is if they're going to put together a scoring drive, make them – you know, put together a 15-play scoring drive. Now, you don't want them putting together a 15-play scoring drive and taking up three minutes. You've got to, you know, find a way – to make them use the fifteen plays, but maybe chew up six to seven minutes, and then you're talking about limiting their possessions a little bit more, controlling the situation. That I mean, if you go into a game like you're the Miami Dolphins and you're Brian Flores, this and he obviously knows what the Patriots have, um, except he didn't coach um, against. Uh, ju- sorry, uh, Antonio Brown in practice, of right. course, last year. But you know what Belichick and McDaniel's want to do you're trying to limit the damage because you know you take a look at their secondary that obviously a secondary that get absolutely torched uh gave up 59 points and five TDs to Lamar Jackson uh on Sunday you have Eric Rowe former Patriot Rashad Jones uh, Bobby McCain and Xavier Howard um what are they going to do
1: I, I don't know. And what's interesting, you think about how fast fortunes change in the National Football League. Because I remember having similar conversations with other people this time last year about what do you do if you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs? How are you going to defend these guys? And it seemed like the general consensus in talking to football people, you know, in and around Twitter and other writers was you play a lot of cover two, cover four, you keep everything in front of you, and you make them have a like 15 play drive and hope that Patrick Mahomes makes a couple of mistakes that's what now the Patriots seem to have on their offensive side of the ball, on their roster, because it's a similar situation. You know that with Josh Gordon, with Julian Edelman, with now Antonio Brown in the mix, Philip Dorsett as a wide receiver four going up against, you know, cornerback three and four on other rosters, that's a mismatch in New England's favor. And so you put all this together. If you're a Brian Flores or, you know, In a couple of weeks, whether it's the Jets or the Bills, you want to play a lot of cover two, Tampa two, cover four, keep everything in front of you. Don't give up easy plays. Don't let them go, you know, two plays, 75 yards on you. Make Tom Brady go, you know, seven for eight on a drive and a couple of runs mixed in and make them have to be perfect. The problem is – that's how the Patriots usually want it to be with a quick passing game and getting the ball out of Brady's hands quickly. That almost plays to what Brady likes to do as a quarterback. And so it really puts defensive coordinators in a bind because you are, you have that tendency and that urge to keep everything in front of you, not give up the big play. But you're almost in a sense playing to what Brady does best, which is getting the ball out of his hands quickly, taking what the defense gives him. And OK, you're going to make me go, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve 10, 12 plays. Fine, I'll do that. I'm more than happy to swing it out to Rex Burkhead out of the backfield or James White out of the backfield. I'm more than happy to do that because I know sooner or later you're going to make a mistake and I have the ability to make you pay for
0: it. So what opposing defenses cannot do is what the Steelers did uh, on Sunday night, and that is um, if you... Play quarters or if you play zone you can 't allow there 's no excuse for letting Philip Dorset get a free release and get have your safety. I forget who it was get spun around or or it was quarters and he uh, bit on a short route and there was and Dorset ran right by him on the fifty five yard touchdown. And then the other thing you have to be able to do is tackle. And be- yeah. this is why Belichick has always stressed this with his uh, defensive backs. We saw what happened with Joe Hayden and Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon ran right over him for the first touchdown of the game. And when you have a receiver like that in front of you uh in space, you've got to be able to tackle. Uh, if you don't, then everything we're talking about is pretty much mood anyway.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, and it is why Belichick stresses tackle, and it's probably why Jamie Collins got in an earful because he missed a tackle on one of the sidelines to a back out of the backfield, and I'm sure Belichick let him heard about that, heard about that, because in this day and age, with the rules and the way the game is tilted in the offense's favor, the name of the game for the defense isn't just get a bunch of three and outs; you got to just get some stops here and there and hold them to a couple of field goals and things like that. That's pretty much the name of the game for a defense, and one of the ways to do that is to tackle. If you're going to give up a play, that's fine, but just make sure you don't give up yardage after the catch. And these receivers that the Patriots have, whether it's Julian Edelman, Philip Dorsett, in their sort of change of direction, their short area, quickness, or if it's Josh Gordon, what we're seeing from him is ability to show strength after the catch and to be able to run through tacklers. This is a team that, like we've seen with many Patriots teams, they can get yardage after the catch too, and so teams have to try to minimize that. The Steelers did a bad job of that Sunday night.
0: Well, I'm glad you were talking about Jamie Collins because that segues pretty nicely. We're talking with Mark Schofield of the Scho Show pod on uh, patspulpit.com. Does a tremendous job breaking down um, all things, X's and O's, football, just like Evan Lazar. But, uh, Mark, you have a particular affinity for breaking down quarterbacks, correct?
1: This is correct.
0: And you enjoy doing that. You,
1: I I do enjoy it. It's probably because... You know, It's like in baseball, the backup catcher that often tends to become a manager or an, an announcer yeah. or an analyst. Yep. I was a backup quarterback that wasn't very good at playing quarterback, so it got me the opportunity to watch a lot of quarterback play and study it that way. So, yeah, I, it's something that I enjoy doing. I love watching whether it's college quarterbacks, pro quarterbacks. I mean I sat down this morning and was just watching through game after game after game. Got Gardner Minshew teed up once we hand up here to watch the Jacksonville rookie quarterback. So, yeah, it's it's something I love to do.
0: Yeah, the reason I I brought up Jamie Collins, I wanted to segue until I I ran myself off the rails. I wanted to segue into the Patriots' defense and what they were able to do uh, the other night. Uh, What we're going to see are substitutions and combinations upon combinations upon combinations from this Patriots' defense, especially in the first half of the season, I think, um, so that Belichick um, and obviously Gerard Mayo – get a sense of what they have, and and I think it's a wealth of talent.
1: It, this is such a deep defense at all three levels. I mean, you look at the guys up front with the combinations and they can run out there, whether it's Shelton in the mix or whether it's Michael Bennett, you know, they were using in that amoeba look that they have Bennett lined up across the tackles at times, sometimes over the nose. They can do so many different things up front. Then you look at the linebacker group. They were playing without Kyle Van Noy, probably their best linebacker right now, and they still look fantastic at that level. You know, Collins looked great. He looked athletic. Hightower has such a nose for The ball, that stop he had on a run player in the game where he jumped one A-gap and then made the tackle in the other A-gap. Even John Simon, I was very impressed with John Simon on Sunday night. Set the edge extremely well. Had some active hands. Almost had a pick six. Couldn't quite grab that, but he stepped in front of a slant route. And obviously the secondary, the combinations they can run out there. It gives Mayo, it gives Belichick the flexibility. It gives Steve Belichick the flexibility. If they have a certain set of receivers, they can defend them one way. And then if they see a different type of receiver group the next week, they can run out a different combination. You know, against Pittsburgh, you had a lot of Stephon Gilmore and to schuster this week. You're going to see guys like Albert Wilson. You might see different combinations back there in the secondary. But it gives them so many different ways to solve offensive puzzles. And I think you're right, Traggs. They're going to try some different combinations as we get, you know, September and October and early into early November because they want to figure out when it comes down to playoff time and crunch time, who are the guys we can count on no matter what. So they'll play around a bit, tinker a bit with the combination. So when they get into that final stretch of the season, they know the guys they can run out there on a down-to-down basis and be confident in it.
0: Um, And I had a chance on Tuesday morning to ask uh, Patriots defensive line coach Brett Bielma about the versatility specifically along the front. And it was interesting because, um, really, he on his own, he brought up the name Michael Bennett, who's been in the league for such a long time. And they're going to ask him to kind of bounce around – along the defensive front, and I'm just curious to get your read on on what kind of problems that's going to create for opposing quarterbacks and more, to the point, opposing centers who are calling out line protections.
1: Yeah, I'm very interested to see how they use them over the course of the season, and I think we're going to see a lot of similar uses that we saw from Trey Flowers, in a sense, last year, because there were times when New England would go to that amoeba look or similar looks, and they would take Trey Flowers and put him over a guard or against Minnesota, for example, they put him over the center. They would identify their weakest pass rusher on the opposition offensive line and then to get Trey Flowers some one-on-one matchups against that player to try to get him some schemed pressure looks. And I think that's what they're going to do with Michael Bennett. He's a veteran. He's a smart, savvy player. He knows how to string together pass rush moves. He always has a plan of attack. I think that's how they're going to use him as well. They're going to identify a weak link, whether it's the guard one week or a tackle another week, a center the third week, and say look, when we go to this package, we're going to give you some good shots to get, win some one on you know the Patriots like to blitz from time to time but they also like to use these different defensive fronts and combinations to get those matchups it's a matchup game today's football on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball and I think that's how they to use Michael Bennett and it's going to allow him to be the type of player that he can be to use his smarts his savvy and his talent string together some pass rush moves and good matchup situations and get some pressure on the opposing passer
0: and something that stuck out to me early in that game or at least it was in the first half it was a obvious third down passing situation for Ben Roethlisberger. and i saw michael bennett jog off the field and chase winovich was on the field i'm like wow they are really going deep uh into in terms of their rotations here and going with a rookie and and entrusting chase winovich uh to set the edge and get after the quarterback and he did
1: yeah he he's been I think many people sort of in the draft community, which I kind of overlapped with, um, were stunned that he fell to where he did in the draft because when you were studying, say, Rashawn Gary in that Michigan defense, whether it was for draft stuff or even just Don Brown's defense, because it's a fun defense to study, you know, your eyes would often you'd catch yourself wanting to watch Gary, but you're watching Chase Winovich because the motor doesn't turn off He's just a fantastic player coming off of the edge and an extremely sound defensive player. Like you said, set in the edge. He does it extremely well, but they trust him in pass rushing situations already. He's earned himself a spot in that circle of trust in that defensive coaching staff. And I'm not surprised that they're going to use him because I think they can pick some isolated spots for him, get him into some obvious pass rushing situations where they know, look, just pin your ears back and go after the quarterback. If they run a draw inside of you, don't worry about it. We know odds are you'll probably chase it down from behind anyway, but go Go get the quarterback, and so on. So some of those third and launch, you're going to see him getting after opposing pockets this season.
0: All right, we're speaking with Mark Schofield of Pat'sPulpit.com and host of the Scho Show pod on Pat's Pulpit. But you also contribute to other podcasts. I want to take this time, Mark, to let you talk about some of the other podcasting you do and and how it's different from the Scho Show pod.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. And the SCO show is a Pat centric podcast. It's on Pat's pulpit. Um, three times a week, we usually have a post game show comes out shortly after the game ends on Sunday or Sunday nights. Uh, then two other shows a week where we talk about mostly Pat stuff, some other big time news around the league. Like we got into Andrew Luck as well. Uh, but the two other shows I really contribute are one is called the QB SCO show, which is part of also an SB Nation show on Bleeding Green Nation, the Eagles website with my friend Michael Kiss. And that is basically an Eagle centric quarterback show. We talk a lot about about quarterback play we're recording tomorrow morning for a show that will go out on Wednesday we're going to talk a lot about Trubisky a lot about Lamar a lot about Deshaun Watson and of course some Went stuff and some Matt Ryan as the Eagles look to play the Atlanta Falcons next weekend and the other show I contribute to is the RSP cast with Matt Waldman and his rookie scouting portfolio and every other week we're going to do a show called Quick Hits where we basically go 28th 30 topics ish. We each get a minute, although we can take a time out and get three minutes if we want to chime in more. And we just go lightning quick through quarterback topics, fantasy topics, stuff all around the league. And that shows a ton of fun to do. We go for about an hour, hour and 20 minutes or so, but we cover a ton of ground and it leaves me winded at the end of each of those shows. It's, it's a hard, you know, hour or so, but it's a ton of fun to do. So you can check that out. We did the first one of those that came out last week, but they're a ton of fun to do.
0: Well, I can tell by your enthusiasm, especially whenever you talk quarterbacks, you love the game of football, Mark, and it shows, and I appreciate you taking time.
1: It's always a blast to be on with you. You do such great work. All the the crew you, you guys have over there at CLNS with you and Evan, you guys do tremendous stuff. I think the world of you guys, and it's always a blast to be on with you.
0: I very much appreciate that, Mark. Mark Schofield of patspulpit.com, and the Show pod on Pat's Pulpit. Football season is finally back. Are you ready? Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive a 50% welcome reward on your first deposit and start betting on your favorite pro or college team. Bet on every spread, every total, every winner or loser, and now... They even have Antonio Brown Patriots prop bets and the line for the Patriots going 16 and 0 in the regular season. To talk about all of this and more is Adam Burns from BetOnline.ag. Welcome, Adam. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, so tell us a little bit about BetOnline.ag. How long it's been around and uh, how you've become such a huge player, as it were, uh, in the sportsbook
2: business. Yeah, I mean, we've been around for over a decade and we've sort of, uh, tried to niche our market into, you know, not only game lines, but doing all these sort of exotic props, as you mentioned, with stuff like how many yards will Antonio Brown get this week or this season or who will get suspended first, him or Josh Gordon. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we have the, uh, you know, the freedom to kind of sort of do that stuff and we can pretty much put up whatever we want. So, um it's, it's a lot of fun, and I've been doing it for a while. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's not always easy to put up odds on those sort of things. But, uh, like, like a game line is easier to do. You've got historical facts and stats and all this sort of stuff for NFL. But uh, our clients seem to like it, and, uh, you know, it's pretty much grown our business uh, through sort of that channel.
0: So I think a lot of fans want to know, and and those who would go to your site to place uh, bets, want to know how diligent you are and what goes into placing a line, uh, like you said, either on a particular game or on a particular prop.
2: Yeah, I mean, a game line for, let's say, the NFL, it's, it's going to be pretty standard. So, you know, if we're talking Patriots this week, you know, after them smashing the Steelers and the Dolphins getting smashed as well, um, you know, we opened it at 15 and a half, it's already up to 17 and a half uh, people are just pounding the Patriots even though they're on the road um, but, you know, so there's more, those lines are more solid when you start getting to the prop bets, gets a little more dicey and we got to kind of keep more of an eye on it just so we don't get uh beat up on on one particular prop and at the end of the day, we're risk managers, right so we're trying to like balance the book and, and, and keep our risk, um, you know, balanced or sometimes we'll take positions on cer- certain props or bets or game lines, but, um, it's, it's obviously definitely harder to put up odds on stuff like, you know, who's going to get suspended first Brown or Gordon, um, or dancing with the stars or stuff like this that we offer, uh, compared to a, like an NFL game line.
0: You know, speaking with Adam Burns from BetOnline.ag, how do you determine at BetOnline.ag what fans in a particular region might be interested in uh, in terms of laying a wager?
2: Yeah, it's interesting you ask that because I was looking actually the other day at uh, some stats state by state of how people bet and we have sort of what I call nationally based teams, right? So... We're always going to see a lot of money on the basically the Cowboys, um, the Steelers, the Raiders, uh, those type of teams that uh, have a big following. You know what I mean? Right. And it, as opposed to like no one's betting on Tennessee, there's not like a national following of. Uh, there's no buzz, Tennessee as it were. Defense. No yeah, buzz. Exactly. And so that will, and you know to. To tell the betters, I mean that does play into the line because you know we're, we know we're going to take money on those teams. Obviously, the Patriots as well, just because since since the Brady era, um, we're going to take a lot more money on the Patriots and whoever they're playing. So that sort of plays into it as well. And I think that they, um, you know, if you're if you're a gambler and you're serious, you got to look into that. And I mean, I'm being dead honest that. You know, sometimes you can get a little bit of an edge, you know, a point or two points where it shouldn't be, but just because the money coming in on those sort of, like I said, um, publicly nationally based teams, you're going to see money on them more than uh, than some like the Jaguars, the Titans, the Texans, those type of teams.
0: So the Patriots are plus four hundred. Uh, odds to win Super Bowl uh, 54 in Miami. Kansas City is right behind them, followed by the New Orleans Saints, um, all under the uh, plus 1,000 mark, uh, Kansas City plus 700, and New Orleans uh, plus 800. Um, question for you is, when the Patriots acquired, and the news broke that they were acquiring Antonio Brown um, after he was released by the Raiders on Saturday, how did that impact that Odds oh, making.
2: You know what? To be honest, it didn't really impact it as much uh, as you would think. It only went from seven to one to six to one before their game um, Sunday night. But now that they won and they basically destroyed the Steelers, they're kind of cut in half. By right now, they were seven to one. Now they're four to one. So it's almost cut in half. And uh, I mean, with Brown there? but I said this on a, another show the other day, I said, like, while, uh, Antonio Brown, um, apologized to the Raiders. I said, don't be surprised if something happens in between now and the first game of the year. And sure enough, it did. And so who knows? I mean, he, there's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he does something and then Belichick cuts him or gets rid of him. But, uh, Yeah, they basically, after their win the other day, it cut it in half. The Antonio Brown thing didn't really make a huge change, just a small change. Uh, But we put up all kinds of props on how many yards will we get for the season, how many yards will we get for next weekend, uh, and all that sort of stuff. And will he be a a Patriot next year? Will he be a Patriot by Week 17? So we offer all kinds of that stuff. and, And, you know, players and our clients love that sort of thing. Well certainly
0: when you're talking about the Patriots you're not only talking about the odds uh Adam to win Super Bowl 54 you're talking about uh, and I wrote this on S Media uh the possibility of them going 16 and 0 and eventually 19 and 0 if they go on to win the Super Bowl uh that becomes a, you know something people around here think about all the time and have ever since 2007 so you know my question for you is when does that enter into the realm of possibility when you're an odds maker?
2: Well, I mean, after their win the other day, um, their odds probably would have been about, to go 16-0 and for the season, probably would have been about 25-1. to We have it up right now at 10-1 to um, for them to go 16-0 and, and 25-1 to to go 19-0. Um, I mean, obviously, their win the other night influenced that, those odds. But you never know. I mean you know all joking aside, unless Eli Manning can go beat beat him again. <laughs> right. I think he's I think he's I think they're they're looking good uh to at least get into the playoffs and 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 make a run for it again. And you know, I've had so many you know, doing this for so long, just every year it's just the Patriots, Patriots, Patriots and and uh, you know, we've had some good wins, some bad beats um, over the time, but um you know if if they stay healthy I think they're 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 gonna probably be right there at the end and that's the reason they're the super bowl favorites at four to one
0: How about this for a prop bet um, who's going to have more wins? versus losses the patriots or the miami dolphins because i got to tell you adam there are a lot of people as many people think that the patriots have a chance of going 16 and zero. the team they're playing this weekend as bad as they looked with a roster turnover that they have had in south florida a lot of people think former patriots defensive coordinator brian flores could be staring oh and 16 in the in the face
2: you know what that's a great idea and normally every wednesday we put up uh sort of these exotic weekly storyline props and you know what i'll add that in there and uh for you i and, appreciate uh, that <laughs> i will and uh you can see it tomorrow on betonline.ag and uh I'll right now i think the dolphins actually have a better chance of losing more games than the patriots win more games so um it, it, it's it's an interesting thing and you know i have one of my friends he's he's an italian guy and he loves the dolphins just cuz of dan marino right. and uh i was bugging him the other day and he's like oh they're going to they're going to go over their 5 win total for the season i said there's no chance and said they're terrible and we saw that the other day well but, not only yeah uh, never not know.
0: yeah you never know but you, i mean what happened after the game was certainly concerning from a uh, dolphins fans perspective when you know you have two or three or four players um you know, anonymously uh, asking their agents to get them the heck out of there because uh, they think that the front office has given up on them, and you know it's it's too bad, but uh, you know that's the world of pro sports.
2: Yeah, that's it. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen? You never know. If I knew all the answers, I'd be sitting on a beach somewhere at you know the Caribbean, you know, with millions of dollars just betting what I what, what I think I know. But so you never know. I mean. Maybe the Dolphins turn around, maybe they don't, maybe the Patriots, you know, if someone gets hurt, Brady gets hurt or something, things change, right? So you never know, like, the exact outcome, but I think right now, I mean, the Patriots are are a clear favorite, and the Dolphins are the clear favorite to, to be last place the, and get the first-round draft pick.
0: I don't know, as we wrap it up here with Adam Burns from betonline.ag, the four games that stick out to me, Adam, uh, as potential, uh, roadblocks or hurdles for the Patriots to clear at Houston, at Philadelphia, at Baltimore, home to Dallas. Those are the four games to me that stick out, uh, you know, from my perspective. And I'm just curious from your perspective as an odds maker, do you get a sense that that's probably the the case?
2: Yeah, I, those are obviously tough games, but I think the one at Philadelphia is probably the one that is going to be their hardest roadblock um out of those games. You know, Baltimore, I mean, people are just going to look at like, you know, yeah, they obviously destroyed Miami last week, but I don't think that's a concern for them. I think the, the, the road game to Philadelphia is probably the biggest one that they are probably focusing on right now if you look at their schedule, their next few games are all pretty easy. Uh, then it gets a little harder, but you know, I I don't see them missing the playoffs or, um, you know, faltering unless, you know, Brady gets hurt or someone gets hurt, you know, and, and don't even be surprised if Gronkowski comes back. People were saying yesterday, you know, you're watching the broadcast, you're like, oh, he lost weight. He looks small and that, but don't, you know what? A guy like that, man, he, he can take two weeks and, pump himself up and, and come back. And I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens.
0: Do you have a prop bet plan
2: for that? We do. We do have a, a prop bet up if Gronkowski will come back at 5-1. to one. So, um, we like I said, you can bet on everything here at betterline.ag.
0: Well, I appreciate it. Adam Burns with betonline.ag. Get the fastest odds, updates, and payouts with our new exclusive sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Want to know more? Head on over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use that promo code CLNS50 to get your 50% welcome bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. You'll receive a 50% bonus on your qualifying first deposits only. Adam, thanks
2: so much. Thanks a lot. Just I just want to add one thing. If you, if you deposit in crypto, you get a, a better bonus. So just uh, take a look at all the different options to, to deposit. There you have it. Thanks so much, Adam.
0: All right. Thanks a lot. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast and thank our great guest, Mark Schofield of pulpitcom Follow him on Twitter. At Mark Schofield, it's all one word, M-A-R-K-S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. Also want to thank our terrific sponsor, BetOnline.ag. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriot Speed Podcast, powered by CLNS Media.